so I'm going to I'm going to share this, and then we'll jump into First Corinthians chapter 12. But um, I, uh, you know, the Bible says that uh, God created us, and when He created us, according to the Book of Thessalonians, we are spirit, soul, and body. Now, y'all know that, right? We are spirits. We have a soul. Our soul being our mind, our will, and our emotions, and we live in a physical body. And so when God created us, he didn't just create a spirit. And I know a lot of times when we, we come to church and when we're here, at, especially when we're talking about spiritual gifts, the anointing, the things, those are, those are things of the spirit. And I think sometimes that we get caught up in so, so much, we, uh, that we talk so much about the things of the spirit that, that we forget that God didn't just make us a spirit. He made us spirit, soul, and body. And so... I don't know if you realize, I don't know if many people realize this or not, but when you go through life and when we're dealing with things in life, there's a, there's a way that we hit it in the spirit, but sometimes there's a way we hit it in the natural. And the way we hit it in the natural is different than the way we hit it in the spirit. I'll give you an example. One time uh, when Gabe was young, in fact, he was super tiny. He was going through these times when he was battling sickness all the time. And I mean, we had him at the doctor nearly every week, it seemed like. And he just struggled physically with, with, with physical sickness. And uh, he had to, we, they uh, recommended we put tubes in his ears and we did all that. And, um, and uh, he, just, he just was suffering, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't real super bad stuff, but it made him so miserable that it made us feel bad. And so one day uh, he was sick and I was just like, you know what? I looked at Annie and this wasn't, <clears throat> I wasn't being ugly or nothing toward her or anybody else. I just looked at her and I said, you know what? Enough is enough. I ain't putting up with this garbage no more. You know, this ain't nothing but the devil. And so I, I, I left the room and I was like, I ain't doing this no more. I mean, I was really, I was ready to, man, I was like a, a boxer getting ready to get in the ring. You know, I'm like, I ain't doing this no more. De devil, I recognize you. You know, I was all fired up. Of course, a lot of the reason why I was fired up is because this is my boy, you know, this is my son. And, you know, we're not only attached to our children uh, in the spirit, but there's a strong attachment in our souls. You know, that, that, that soulish tie that we have to our children is extremely strong. In fact, most, most of the time when we're dealing with our kids, we get over there in that realm of emotions. And that's exactly where I was. Now, listen. I was speaking truth when I was in that emotional state. I was saying, Jesus, you healed him 2,000 years ago. And, but when I approached the Lord, I wasn't approaching the Lord spirit to spirit. I was approaching the Lord soul to spirit. I was approaching him from the, from the, from the perspective of the, the, uh, the passion that I had, the passionate love that I had for my son. And so... We don't, listen, y'all, Think this will be a revelation to some of y'all, because when we, when we approach the Lord from that perspective, then what we're, what we're really doing is we're asking God to have feelings for what we're having feelings for, and to move on our behalf because of the way we feel. Are y'all hearing me? And that's not how God, that's not how God works. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was compassionate. That when he saw sick people, he was moved with compassion. And a lot of people believe that what, that what that means is that Jesus had this overwhelming feeling and that he was moved by that feeling. You know what? Jesus himself said he wasn't moved by feelings. 
He said the only thing, the, the, uh, the only reason he did what he did was in obedience to the Father. Amen. So even though he had compassion, he wasn't without feelings. Jesus wasn't motivated and moved, and he wasn't driven by his feelings. And so sometimes we get over there, and because we have uh, these emotional attachments, this, and this is what gets people, keeps people out of the spirit, is that we get all worked up emotionally about it, but then we, we don't really work in, 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 the, in the realm of faith. And so I remember when I was, I'm, I, I was telling Annie about it today. I said it was right there, right in the hall area there in my house. I said it was right there that the Lord spoke to me and said, you ain't got to go, you ain't got to do all that. I was like, yes, I do, Lord. I'm, enough is enough. Glory to God. You know, and I was, I was getting all Pentecostal and, <laughs> and the Lord was like, he's like, boy, you're, you're, you're doing this wrong. You're trying to get me to move for you because you love your son. And I, I don't, I move because I, I may, I said something and I had to, I had to get myself in that place where I, I pushed down my emotions and I began to exercise faith in the word of God. And, um, looking back on it, you know, I just look, I just reflected on it today again and realized that the minute I started functioning in the realm of faith and didn't expect God to move for me because you ought to do it for me, God, because you love me. You know, God don't, that's not why God, God will, he'll do stuff for us because he loves us. But, you know, it's when we try to get God to move in that realm of emotion, that's not, how, that's not God. God moves, God is moved by faith. He's a faith God. And uh, so I, uh, uh, I, I'm just reflecting on it. I realized that it was after that moment that I, re, that I got that revelation. Gabe quit being sick. I mean, all of a sudden, he's not sick no more. Because, because my, my authority began to work. Because I wasn't trying to work my authority out of my emotions. I began to work my authority out of the word of God. Out of faith in the word of God. And so... I know, I know that might be tough for you to process in your head and, and understand. If, if you've ever been, though, in that position where, uh, where you've been worked up in your emotions because something got that close. When, I'll be honest, when we prayed for Michelle up in here uh, before she passed, you know, there was that, you know, at first we started out, no, this is our, you know, family. But then we began, we had to get over there to that place of faith. Now you know what? There's no, there's nothing wrong with us having that kind of a feeling emotionally toward our children. We just have to know where where that where that fits. And um, and here's the other thing: we have to realize that even though we get over there in faith to deal with things in the spirit, sometimes there's things that we need to do in the natural. Because a lot of Christians, they they allow the enemy to walk all over them. And defeat them in the natural because they because Christians are like, well, you know, I'm dealing with this in the spirit, and here's how I got to deal with this in the spirit. But you know, sometimes you've got to deal with certain things one way in the spirit and one way in the natural. I don't know if that makes sense or not. I'll use Gabe as an example again. One teacher thought Gabe was being disrespectful because he wouldn't look him in the eye when he said, when he, when he scolded him. Gabe was getting scolded and 
before school by this teacher, because Gabe, you know, has always walked to the beat of his own little drum. And it wasn't, it wasn't that he was being a troublemaker. The guy just thought he was being disrespectful because of the way that Gabe would respond to him. Well, Gabe is, when he was younger especially, didn't want to, uh, and of course I'm talking like a parent here, but I'm, I had to figure this out myself because I was trying to deal with him in the same way that this teacher was. And, um, but Gabe would, uh, um, his way of dealing with things was to walk away from it. He couldn't, he, he was non-confrontational, completely non-confrontational. And so if he walked away from you, it wasn't because he was disrespecting you, it was because that's the only way he knew how to process what was happening. And I didn't, I didn't figure that out for the longest time. And so I would get mad at him. Boy, are you listening to me? And he'd be like this, you know, just that was the, that's the only way he knew how to deal with it was to was to kind of get off in his own deal. He would go to his room and I'm like, don't walk away from me, you know. And finally, when he was able to communicate better, he's like, Dad, you told me you don't want me to be disrespectful. I'm trying not to say something that I don't that I shouldn't say. The only way I can do that is if I go to my room and sit for a while. Let me sit for a while and I'll come back and I'll talk to you. But you don't want me talking to you now because if I do, I'm going to say stuff that you have told me is not appropriate to say and I don't want to do that. Go ahead now. And I, I was like, okay. <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Because you, you got you to try to figure that stuff out. Well, this, this coach was like telling Gabe, look at me, look at me in my face. Look, at, Gabe couldn't look you in the eye. He, could, he just couldn't do it. I think it crushed him in his, in his heart. He, 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 he couldn't. He wouldn't look me in the eye. I'd be like, look at me, boy. <laughs> so now you know what? I, it made me feel bad because that's my son. And so in the spirit, I had to go to battle that the enemy wouldn't try to crush him and use these circumstances to crush him. But in the natural, you know what? In the natural, I couldn't just let it be. Because some of us are like, well, we're just going to trust the Lord. No, yeah, we're going to trust the Lord. But you know what? I had to go to school, have a talk with somebody. Say, hey, listen, I know you got parents coming through here all the time. Let me let, let you in on something. I know you got all these students, but this will help you with my son. And I went in there and I had to take care. You know what? They may not have been. And nowadays, they're not interested in what you have. to. You're just a troublemaking parent if you show up and you have these unrealistic ideas about you. But I had a responsibility as a father to do something in the natural as well. Are y'all hearing me? And so just dealing with it in the spirit sometimes isn't enough. Sometimes we got to go to the next. I'm not saying we take it in our own hands and we do it in an ungodly fashion. But sometimes there are things that, that we've got to do in the natural as well. So uh, we're spirit, soul, and body. There are things that we have to remember about that as we talk about the things of the spirit that we don't forget. Uh, again, you can be in prayer and in the word of God and God be talking to you and the spirit of God be moving. Uh, another example, I'll give you a church example. You're, you can pray and praise and holler and run and jump and shout and you can do that you can do that and do that all in the, you know, all you want to. Uh, it, it's good. It's godly. It, according to scripture, it's right. Our praise ought to be expressive. Church, on Sunday morning, church ought to be the loudest place in town. It, it, uh, listen, we ought to be driving by churches like when you, when I go to the taco truck on Friday night over here on 23rd Street next to the, next to the club, all you hear is the do, 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 do,
That's the way it ought to be Sunday at church. People ought to be driving by here. They, they ought to catch people running around, the, running around the building outside. Happened to us during revival many times. There are many times we did our church, church, we go to churches so small you couldn't, there wasn't enough room between chairs to, to take a run around the church. Ted, he'd open up a door and run around outside. He'd run the perimeter of the entire property and run around, come back in, thorns and stuff in his in his socks. But boy, listen, he ran. Amen. Because that's that's the nature of 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 praise. That's the nature of of worship. And some people say, now, wait a minute, aren't we, isn't this a spiritual thing? Yeah, but it requires natural obedience sometimes to trigger those things of the spirit. Working together, the spirit and the natural working together to entertain the, the, uh, the presence of God. Amen. Y'all understand that? And so we definitely want our uh, expressions to be motivated by the Spirit. But you know, sometimes, Brother Rodney, he says this, sometimes you got to prime the pump because some of y'all, you, you let the water get down so low and you let the pump get so dry, uh, you, you need to pour some water down in that pump and get it primed up. Uh, back, back in the day, you know, especially up in Ohio, we used to have these wells that had these big old, I don't know about here in Oklahoma because the ground is so hard over here and, and clay. I don't know if they ever had these wells here, but they'd have these big old red pumps that came out, big old handle like this. And they would put a bucket, sit a bucket, hang a bucket on the spout of these pumps that were on these wells. And uh, the, the bucket was there because people, when they would use the, 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 the pump, they would leave a little bit of water in the bucket. And the, they left water in the bucket so that the next time the water, you know, you'd, you'd pump it out of there. But after a while, it had time for that water to drain back in to the well. And to get that pump to work, you could, you could pump on that handle. But if, if, the, if there wasn't water in the system, uh, you couldn't get no water out of it. So you had to prime the pump. Y'all hearing me today? Oh, I can tell some of y'all need primed. <clears throat> you had to prime the pump. And so the way you primed the pump was you had to take water from that bucket and pour it down in the top of that pump and then, you know, put that thing back down. And you go to pumping and water would come gushing out of that well. You know, so sometimes we have to prime the pump. Sometimes the way you prime the pump is by, by natural expressions, you know, pressing into the spirit, but always tuning your ear to hear what the spirit is saying and, and uh, making sure that you're tuning your ear to hear and to obey uh, the Lord and to do what he commands you to do. Don't ever, don't ever assume. Don't ever assume. Uh, one time I was in a service. Boy, this is taking longer than I thought. One time I was in a service, and um, this service was dead. Listen, it was a terrible service. And I'm, I'm just being honest, you know. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like going to services and then lying to people saying, oh, wasn't that good? No, if it ain't good, I'm like, that sucked. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not hollering at everybody, but, you know, if someone asks me, I'll be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> that one left a little bit to be desired, you know. But, um, but we were in this meeting, and... The preacher kept saying, boy, I feel the glory of God. Isn't the glory of God here? And I kept thinking, no. And I didn't understand why I wasn't experiencing what it seemed like other people in the building were experiencing. And so there were other people that they had their hands raised in worship and tears were streaming down their face. And some people were falling on the floor under the power of God. And, but, but here's one thing I've learned about the glory. 
and that maybe that's where my hang-up was, is that when God's glory is manifest, not the same, the glory is not the same as the anointing. The glory of God is not the same as the anointing. The glory of God is not dependent upon resting on an individual. When the glory of God is manifested, which is the, when God expresses himself in full expression, there's a manifestation that happens, but that manifestation isn't dependent on your obedience. The Spirit of God, when He shows up and the glory of God is manifested, God will do stuff and He won't be held within the boundaries of what you're capable of receiving or experiencing or, or yielding to. All of that is overridden and He does what He does and you stand there in awe. And when the glory, now when the anointing shows up, sometimes people are unaware that the anointing has arrived or is in manifestation. But when the glory shows up, everyone is aware. Listen to me. When the when if someone says the glory of God is 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 present, that the glory of God is present, you should have known it before that it ever came out of their mouths. Because because when the glory of God shows up, it changes every the the atmosphere. You'll be you'll be aware of it, and you don't even have to be saved to be aware of it. Because it is it is something altogether different than what most people. Are accustomed to. So this person was saying, Oh, the glory is here. And I was like, Man, I'm just, I've been in the glory, but I've never, I wasn't, I wasn't experiencing that. And there are different measures. But anyway, um, so I just kept pressing in, man. I'm just like, God, I, I need you, Lord. Whatever, whatever's broken in me, why, for, for whatever reason that I'm not getting this, you know, Lord. I'm, but so in the natural, I began to go through the processes that I knew would trigger the, the, the presence of God to be released in my life. I had my hands lifted in praise. When the songs were sung, my mind wasn't on nobody else. My mind was on Jesus. I was pressing into the Lord. I was creating a, a habitation uh, for the Lord in my, you know, in my praise and in my worship. And I was just pressing and um, praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. Listen, if you need the presence of God in your life, pray in tongues. Pray in Amen. You say, oh, what if it ain't working? Pray in tongues more. You know, if, if, even if you have to quit talking in English altogether for a period of time, you know, if, if the only time you talk in English is just to share little communications with people, I mean, that, do whatever it takes. But tongues will, listen, tongues will literally break you out of things that, can't, that you can't get out of any other way. Boy, that's because it's your spirit praying. And you're in communion and in fellowship with God. Tongues always works. T Did you hear what I just said? Tongues always works. Because you're not, you're not praying in the flesh. You're praying in your spirit. Your spirit's praying. And God is hearing. That's what the Bible says. God hears, what, hears us and understands us. And we're in communion and fellowship with him when we pray in an unknown tongue. So I was, go, I was going through that process. Now, here's, here's, what's, here's what's crazy. Is that I never did, break, I never did get a breakthrough and, and encounter of the presence of God like it seemed like everybody else was. And then the Lord told me what the deal was. But anyhow, um, what he told me was people are so hungry for the move of the spirit that they're willing to accept uh, emotion in place of the, the presence of God. They're willing to go to that place of, of work of emotion. But anyway, um, but a friend of mine was in that service and he was like, so how did, the, how did the meetings go? And I told him, I said, well, I said, can I be honest with you? And he goes, yeah. I said, dude, I just never could, I never could get in. He said, what? I said, I, ne I just never could get in. He goes, well, I was looking at you. 
He said, you had your hands up in the air. You was praying in the spirit. He said, you looked, you looked like you was really getting something. He said, you really looked like you was really receiving. Do you know why? Because I was, I was priming the... Come on, somebody. Listen, if you're looking off from a distance at somebody who's, who's pumping a dry well, you don't, you don't know whether it's dry or not until you're up in there seeing what's coming out of the spigot. But the, the whole process looks exactly the same, don't it? Whether water's coming out or it's not coming out. The whole process looks the same. Isn't that right? Are y'all hearing me today? See, this is, this is why we do what we do in this, in this church. You know, some of us were like, well, because here, here's, here's what we'll start to do. Well, you know, I'll start praising him when I feel him. Well, once the presence of God falls, then, you know, the Lord knows I'm ready. Well, we really need a move of God so I can praise God with everything that's in me. No, listen, you need the presence of God. And if you're not over there where, uh, where, where, you, need, where, where you feel like you, you could be in his presence, that's when, that, listen, that's when you start doing the things that you know have attracted his presence in a previous season, those things that the word of God tells us. And you say, but what if I don't hear from the Holy, from the Holy Spirit? Well, there's something. Let me ask you a question. Does the Holy Ghost have to tell you to pray? Why? Because the word of God tells you men ought, ought to always. Isn't that right? So in obedience to the word of God, you can pray. Now, sometimes you'll pray on a higher level with more effectiveness uh, because the spirit of God will come upon you and he'll anoint you and you'll get off in a place in the spirit where you're more effective in your prayer because of the presence of God's spirit and because the presence of the and whatever. And then there are times when you pray and you pray in faith and you pray according to the word of God because the word of God says you can pray. So sometimes, you know, you can't wait to, till you feel the presence of God to pray. Some of you don't talk in tongues till you feel the Holy Ghost. Guess what? You ain't got to wait till you feel the Holy Ghost to talk in tongues. In fact, some of you, you ought to be praying in tongues so you can get in the Holy Ghost. Abe, again, I thank you, Shele Porosoyo. You know that young, that young man that came up here and played the bass last week? What was, it? What was it? Preston was his name. He's a friend of Gabe's. He plays in the school band with Gabe. He has never uh, played on a, in a worship team band. And they, they've gone to church but they go to, you know, more seeker sensitive type of church or have gone to seeker sensitive church. But he came, he came over here and he began to play. And, and I asked Gabe, I said, well, how, how do you like it? He said, he liked it the first time he played. He was asking why the singers were praying in Latin. He says, why, is this, why are the singers, are they praying in Latin? Gabriel said, well, maybe, maybe they are. He said, I'm not going to try to explain it to him. And you know, that's wisdom. I was, so, I was so glad to hear him say that because you can't go to talking to somebody that don't know the things of the spirit about the things of the spirit without them thinking you're a hamburger short of a happy meal. So Gabe's like Latin, Spanish, Chinese, Japanese, dirty knees. Amen. I mean, they're, they're talking all kinds of stuff up there, you know, <laughs> but are y'all hearing me today? See, these, we're, we're talking about the things of the Spirit, but you can't, for, listen, don't, don't, get off, don't get off kilter on one side or the other. Don't, don't think that you're just, once we talk about the things of the Spirit, that you're, you're just going to be concerning yourself of, of spiritual things. There's things that you've got to be, uh, make sure that you're 
uh, responsible for in the natural as well, and that you're doing in the natural what is necessary to accommodate the things of the Spirit because God made us spirit, soul, and body. Amen. All right. That's uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's get in here. Are you all ready? Okay. I told you I was going to talk about power gifts. I lied on accident. So I, f- I feel like we need to go over the revelation gifts. And so I think we need to start. I think we need to start. Um, you know, when these, when these things were written in the Word, they were written in the order that they were written for a reason and for a purpose, in the order of importance. For example, when Ephesians chapter 4 says that um, Jesus gave gifts unto men and he gave some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers, uh, those were put in the order in which of of in the order of of the importance of those gifts, the apostle being the most important, the prophet being the second most important, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. So all of all of these were put in an order of importance, uh, uh, so that we would know how we need to follow these uh, things. And uh, so spiritual gifts were done in the same way; they were listed in the order of importance uh, because uh, God wanted us to know. God wanted us to know how important that they were. So let's, let's read about this. It says, uh, now, let's start with verse 1 there. Um, I don't know why I was going to call you Chad. Joe. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was watching the Eli uh, Manning video. Or pay, no, yeah, Eli Manning video. Uh, he was, anyway, he was, his name was Chad in the video. But... Not that you look like Eli Manning, but now concerning verse one, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I have you ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away into these dumb idols or these mute idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of God called Jesus a curse, that no man can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it's the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, uh, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one and selfsame Spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all members of that one body being many uh, are one body, so also is Christ. For uh, by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free. And have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Amen. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses uh, 1 through 14, if you're uh, writing it down. So let's, uh, let's, again, those ministry gifts were, or those spiritual gifts were listed in the order of their importance. Or you could say it this way the best gift was listed first. And then the, the less desirable gifts were listed last. <laughs> and I think that I think we can all agree on that. <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry, I'm thinking I'm, there's an internal dialogue going on in me, and I'm laughing at myself. Which Annie says I do way too much. But anyway, 
<laughs> so Paul, Paul said by the Spirit to the church of Corinth, now concerning uh, the gifts of the Spirit, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. We, we've covered this. So if the Spirit of God through Paul said that he didn't want the church at Corinth ignorant concerning the gifts of the Spirit, then I certainly, I, I, I can't believe that God would want the church today ignorant concerning uh, the things of the Spirit and concerning spiritual gifts. However, there is probably now more than ever before a gross ignorance that exists concerning these things in uh, some places uh, there, there are people that don't know anything at all about these things, which I was telling you about with uh, this fellow that uh, was here uh, last week. They don't know anything about the gifts of the Spirit uh, or that even uh, the gifts of the Spirit exist. Uh, they think these gifts have, been, have all been done away with. Um, in, other, in other places, there are people that have a limited understanding of these things but their knowledge is extremely limited. And so I believe that there's going to be an emphasis, not just, and I've done it here, but I believe it's going to, uh, there's going to be an emphasis once again on spiritual gifts and the things of the Spirit because the church has gotten so far away from, from the things of the Spirit. So uh, note, uh, we, we covered this, spiritual gifts will always exalt Jesus. You saw where uh, Paul told them, you know, you, that uh, you were carried away by dumb idols. And then he said, I give you to understand no man speaking by the Spirit calls Jesus cursed and no man speaking by the, uh, that you can only declare Jesus as Lord by the Holy Ghost. And so we know that uh, as, the, as, the, as the Spirit is working and moving, we can identify that it's the Spirit when Jesus is exalted. Most, most of the time in our day, look at me, y'all, and I know that, that I'm getting very teachy here, and I'm getting into some things that are, that are uh, things that we don't like to get uh, foam, foam at the, froth at the mouth about and, and start to hikamo shy and shandalai about. But you, you really could. If, you, you know, if, you, if you'll press in today, you can really get over there and get a catch the, a catch the anointing. But... Um, it's imp it's not judgment when you're when you're when you're looking at something. You know, one of the one of the most overused uh, things, or some of the most overused things in in church today, are um, don't judge. Only God can judge me. You can't judge what's happening in that. Sir, how do you know if that's the spirit or not? You shouldn't judge. You just think you're all that. There's a people people use that, and you know what? They're right. We shouldn't be judgmental. But and y'all have heard me say this. I wouldn't be being judgmental if I told Ayla her shirt was blue. If I said, Ayla, that's a nice blue shirt. And she, she looked at me and said, don't judge me. How can you judge me that my shirt is blue? Well, because it's blue. You know, I mean, if, if something is, if a shirt is, there's no judgment involved. You're just stating a fact. So when you, when you go to services, I went to a service one time and the preacher got up and it was a, he, he, he said, God's anointed me with a miracle ministry. I was like, praise God. You don't, you don't usually hear people make that statement. Most people have prophetic ministries because, you know, they like to be able to tell people stuff. And then, you know, when people say, I don't know if that's real. Well, just, you know, put it on the shelf because it might could happen. You know, the proph prophecy is about the future. So, you know, just hold on. But miracles, you know, if you have a miracle ministry, that has to happen now. So <laughs> not a lot of people claiming miracle ministries because they have to prove that now. 
prophetic ministries will work themselves out. And we've, listen, we've seen how that works. So many people invested so much in some of these prophetic ministries that when these prophetic ministries were proven to be off, proven to be off. Are you hearing me today? That some people still today are like, oh no, you, you gave up on uh, you know, the, the word of the Lord. No, listen, when, when you hear from God and it's a prophecy, it comes to pass. It's just, just the way that it is. So when you, uh, when you look at something like that, for, for example, uh, and I'll, if you want me to put a finer point on it, um, those that were, and I just saw it the other day, uh, I just saw somebody posting uh, a video of a man that was prophesying that God would put Trump on the throne and this and that and the other. And that's still going. I don't know if you realize this or not, some of you, but that's still going on. There's still people that are waiting for Trump to be put back in office and um, the word of the Lord was, and we the, the election was stolen. Of course, that never came. You, if it, Listen, listen to me. When did anyone prophesy about a stolen election? They never did. When did anyone prophesy that what would happen at the Capitol when people burst into, what was it, the House of Representatives? Was it, was the House of Representatives that people went into? Uh, the, the Capitol building? Yeah, people went into the Capitol building. Was that prophesied? Nobody prophesied that. See, when, when, God, when God wants to give information and prove that he knows what's happening and he knows what's going on, he says things like, the, the, things that come to pass. Oh, yeah. That's right. And so, <laughs> um, this whole notion, the, the, the fact that some people are like, well, we need to give them the benefit of the doubt. We did. You, you realize that you ought to distance yourself somewhat from people that don't have a proven, <laughs> see, I'm saying it, and I know I, because of the environment that's in the church, we're, we're not that way. You ought to have enough sense. Let me ask you a question. If, you, if on the 4th of July, you, you went on a 4th of July thing, and you saw some old boy that took gas cans up there close to the fireworks, and every time he went to, to light a firework, he took his big old box of fireworks, and then that year you saw that guy explode into flames and, and burn up, and, and uh, you, you, number one, you'd, you'd, you'd been like, I saw that coming. Now, he comes back to your picnic the next year. He's, he's, he's recovered. Of course, he doesn't have a face or doesn't have fingers hardly because he's been burnt to a crisp. He looks like that fire, fire marshal Bill from, from back in the day. <laughs> you know, so he, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, little, little. <laughs> so, uh, how, how, many, how many of you are going to get close to that fella with his box of fireworks and his gallon of, 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 of uh, fuel the next year? No. See, we have enough sense to run away from that. But in church, we, but in church, we don't have enough sense. <laughs> Listen, he blew himself up last year. 
well, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe, maybe it'll be okay this year. Well, the Lord forgave him. Yeah, the Lord forgave him, but he's still a hot mess. That, does that make sense to anybody? Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying treat them bad. I'm not saying go up to them and rebuke them. You, you know what? You're not right. Da, 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 da. No, you know what? He shows up at the place, just be like, hey, y'all, I'm out. I saw somebody burn up last year. I don't feel like seeing that again. Now, you know, if later on you see him and, and, and he's made whole and he's like, you know, I learned a lot from that experience. <laughs> then maybe you can start to kind of be like, man, I'm glad to hear that oh, yeah. and hang out with him a bit. There was a video that was circulating on the Internet about a, a police officer that he went to a school to show firearms to kids. Maybe, look, you ought to look it up. And he, and he, and he was showing them firearms and, and uh, so he... He pulls out a Glock, and he says, this, that Glock. I can't remember the model of Glock it was, but he, it's one that was, you know, rappers talked about. He says, this is that. My. He says, and I'm the only one in this room qualified to handle this weapon. I'm the only one in this room with enough experience and enough knowledge to handle this weapon. And he put that gun down, and boom, in a room full of kids, shot himself in the leg. Shot himself in the leg on video in a classroom full of children. Everybody's, oh! And people are like, you all right? You all right? He's like, oh. He's like, oh. He, he put, and they, they took the gun out of his hand. He goes, I'm all right. I'm all right. And then he picked up an AR-15. And he goes, let me, let me show you this one. You know what? People in the room had enough sense to say, put it down. Teachers started grabbing their kids, say, come on, let's go. Let's go. They put it down. Put it down. I mean, there was a revolt, wasn't there, Tyler? They revolted. Boy, I ought to play the video. I ought to play the video. People revolted. People have enough sense that when someone blows off their leg to run, except in church. No, you know what? No, no, you know, you know what some you know what some church people if 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 we put that that encounter in church people in some church people context, you know, you know what the church would some church people. I mean, this is this is how this is this would be an example of how church people would explain that situation. Well, you know, you can't you can't judge a man for one mistake. Everybody makes mistakes. I think he ought to go on with his presentation. Because they think that, well, you know, the Bible says that we're to love one another. Listen, I can love you without letting you shoot me. I know what I'm talking about here. See, I'm messing with some of y'all's religion because some of y'all's religion says you, you ought to just hang in there. And listen, you can, love, you can love that guy and not sit in a demonstration of him demonstrating firearms that he has just shown that he's... He, he may be qualified, but you can make mistakes. And if, you just, and if you just discharged a weapon in a room full of children and shot yourself in the leg, common sense says, shut the demonstration down, 
put the weapons away, let everyone go home, and go get yourself to a hospital and get yourself fixed up. Common sense doesn't say pick up a more powerful weapon. Is that, is that right? So those people, children in a classroom, children in a classroom were concerned when the man picked up another weapon. Yet church people aren't concerned about some of these people. They, follow, they still posting videos. They're still following their ministry. They're still wearing the t-shirts. They're still sending offerings. And then we wonder why the church isn't filled with manifestations of the Spirit. All right, anyhow, I might have taken too long with that. Is that, is that clear? Is, is that clear? We, we, you, listen, you can love them. You say, Pastor, are they, are they prophets? They might, could be. Maybe. I, you know what? Here's the thing. I'm not going to stick around. <laughs> After that, I ain't sticking around. Listen, these people shot themselves in the leg. I ain't sticking around to find out. I'm just going to follow after Jesus, amen. And if he, if he chooses to tell us something. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So Jesus is exalted. Let me ask you a question. Was Jesus exalted in all of that? No. Well, here's what the Bible says. When the Spirit of God manifests, Jesus is exalted. Now, do, do some people choose to, uh, to be uh, uh, indifferent or choose to be uh, adversarial or choose to be persecutorial or choose to be uh, uh, to kick against the pricks? Absolutely, yes. They're, they're people that choose to go against the ways of God. Nonetheless, Jesus is exalted, and Jesus was not exalted in, in some of these things. So, uh, I, was at a, I was at a meeting where a preacher was saying, God used me in the gift of the working of miracles, which I thought was admirable. I didn't think that was an arrogant statement as long as, you know, we saw some, some miracles happen. But, but then he proceeded through the whole service to just talk about how that God validated his ministry through the miraculous. And all we heard about was him and his ministry and him and his ministry. And he never, Jesus was never exalted. I knew when Jesus wasn't exalted that we weren't going to see miracles because you don't see miracles unless Jesus is lifted up. You don't see the manifestation of the spirit unless Jesus is exalted. That's why no man speaking by the spirit calls Jesus accursed and no man can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Jesus will be magnified. He will be lifted up. God will not share his glory with a man. Even people who have been full of themselves and arrogant and, um, and, and whatnot, they were never that when the Spirit of God was on them working. Maybe outside of the pulpit they were, but when they were in a service, and do, they, Jesus was magnified and exalted. Even when there was sin in those people's lives, it was, that wasn't what was lifted up in the meeting. In the meeting, Jesus was lifted up, and that's why people got the, the miraculous. Amen. All right, so we're not going to talk. I would, I would like to talk about the differences of gifts, administrations, and operations, but we're not going to talk about that today because I've already... But look at 1 Corinthians, that verse 7. Can you put verse 7 up there? Uh, Joe, does anyone have any uh, questions up to this point? All right. Verse seven says this, but the, 
But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Notice Paul was calling the gifts of the Spirit manifestations. And he said the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. Paul was making the distinction here that the gifts of the Spirit aren't gifts in the sense that the believer owns and operates the gift whenever he wants to. They are gifts of the Holy Ghost manifested through individual believers as the Spirit of God wills. So the gifts of the Spirit aren't just given uh, for the individual, but they are given in order to profit the whole local assembly or local body of believers. You see that? <clears throat> Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. All right. So First uh, Corinthians 12, 8. Let's look at verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge. Now, again, these, these were listed in the order of importance, but in order for us to really understand the word of wisdom, we really need to kind of talk about the word of knowledge. And we do have time. So, um, so we're going we're gonna to talk about the word of knowledge first, even though the word of wisdom is of greater importance. So Paul goes on to list um, these nine manifestations or gifts of the Spirit. Um, and those gifts of the Spirit are divided into those three groups. Uh, revelation gifts, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Power gifts, which is a gift of faith, working of miracles, gifts of healing, and then um, prophecy, or, or I'm sorry, utterance gifts, uh, or spiritual gifts that you say something. So, th so they're divided this way, gifts that reveal something, gifts that do something, and gifts that say something. All right, they're divided in gifts that reveal something, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, gifts that do something, faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings, and, and gifts that say something, prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. Very, very often, those, that, last, that last category, those gifts work together, uh, like tongues and interpretation. Those, those uh, uh, prophecy, tongues and interpretation, uh, diverse kinds of those gifts will work together. Faith, working of miracles, uh, gifts of healing. Many times those gifts will work together. Uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. Every gift in each one of those categories. Many times those gifts will work together to to com to complete uh, an objective, uh, an objective in the mind and in the heart of God. Um. So we can we can see. Uh, that these gifts of the Spirit uh, definitely uh, are in manifestation together. For example, sometimes when what, what we call a prophecy is actually a word of wisdom that's being, uh, that's being given forth. A word of wisdom is uh, something, uh, well, I, I won't get into that yet, but uh, it's not really uh, the, the simple gift of prophecy uh, at all because the simple gift of prophecy has no revelation. Um, that is no foretelling or element of prediction uh, with it. The simple gift of prophecy brings edification, according to Scripture, edification, exhortation, and comfort. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. Uh, write that down. You can look that up. Um, so the simple gift of prophecy brings forth edification, exhortation, comfort, and the simple gift of prophecy doesn't predict or see into the future. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit more here uh, when we talk about the gift of the word of wisdom and the gift of prophecy. So these gifts are listed in their 
uh, order of importance, three gifts of revelation, the word of wisdom is the best gift because it brings supernatural revelation of the plan and the purpose of God. So the word of wisdom is uh, a revelation that God will bring through that gift of the plan and the purpose of God, whether it be for an individual, for a church, for a city, uh, for a region, for a state, for a nation, for the world. That's how the gift of the word of wisdom works. <clears throat> Out of the three power gifts, the gift of faith is the best gift because uh, it's the uh, supernatural ability to work a miracle. In other words, miracles aren't going to happen without the presence of the gift of faith. You get that? Well, I'm telling you all some stuff today. Of the three utterance gifts, um, the gift of prophecy is the best gift because it's complete in and of itself, and it brings edification, encouragement, and comfort to the body of Christ. The Bible does say to, to seek earnestly the best gifts. And so if you want to seek after the best gifts, <laughs> you know which ones they are. <laughs> so the gift of the word of knowledge, let's, let's, let's talk about it. Notice the gift is called the word of knowledge. It's not called the gift of knowledge. Now, some people will change it. And denominational churches uh, many times will change it to the gift of knowledge. It's not the gift of knowledge, the gift of the word of knowledge. Uh, there's no such thing as a spiritual gift of knowledge. There is, however, a spiritual gift called the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation by the Holy Ghost of certain facts that are in the mind of God. So if you want to define it, uh, it's supernatural revelation by the Spirit, certain facts that are in the mind of God. It's God making his thoughts known unto you. Word of knowledge. God is all-knowing. He knows everything. He doesn't reveal everything he knows to man. He just gives him a word or a part of what he knows. A word is a fragmentary part of a sentence. So uh, a word of knowledge would simply be a fragmentary part of the entire knowledge or counsel of God. Uh, God is all-knowing. He has all knowledge, but he doesn't impart all his knowledge to us. He imparts a word of knowledge to us, just what he wants us to know at a given time. <laughs> Those are Brother Hagin's words, by the way. <laughs> Glory. Amen. I don't know about y'all, but this gets in my spirit. Amen. So uh, the word of knowledge is a supernatural manifestation uh, of the spirit, uh, as are all the gifts of the spirit. These aren't natural. None of them are natural gifts or natural things. They're all supernatural gifts. Since, uh, since one of them is supernatural, so we know that word of knowledge is supernatural, they all have to be supernatural. If one of them were natural, then all of them would have to be natural. Uh, there are those that say that the gifts of the Spirit, that this gift of the Spirit, the word of knowledge, refers to a natural knowledge. Now, I've, and I've heard this said. If that were true, then all the gifts of the Spirit would be natural and not supernatural. Um, if that were true, for example, then the gifts of healing would not be supernatural healing, but simply healing through what people have learned and achieved 
uh, through medical science. And we're, I'm certainly for what has been accomplished in the medical field. And I thank God for it every day. But the passage, the passage of Scripture talking about the gifts of the Spirit is not talking about something natural. It's talking about supernatural. So supernatural knowledge and supernatural healing and so on. So if these gifts of the Spirit were only natural, diverse kinds of tongues would simply refer to speaking different languages that were learned in the natural. Then folks uh, who wouldn't even be saved would have that gift. So we, we can't, you have to understand, these things are spiritual. We can never allow ourselves or anyone else to bring these gifts of the Spirit, these supernatural demonstrations of the power of God, manifestations. We can never allow people to bring them down to a level of the level of man and the natural. We have to, we, <clears throat> and church, this is what the devil's trying to do in our, in our generation. In fact, the church doesn't, we don't even know we're doing it. Did you hear what I just said? The church, the church does that regular, tries to make these things as they, I've, I've, I've made this statement and I quit saying it when I got rebuked by the Holy Spirit. I said, we need to be, we need to be the kind of people where the supernatural is natural to us. Well, if it's natural, then it's not supernatural. Listen, it's got to be as supernatural to us as it is to anybody else. Because if, if you feel, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, if, you, if when you're functioning in the spirit, you feel like you're not in the spirit, you're probably not. If you're not aware of the fact that there is something going on behind the scenes that is motivating you, that is, uh, that is uh, for lack of a better term, manipulating you, that is in control of what you're doing, if the spirit of God is not if, you, if you're not aware of the fact that you are not functioning on, on, uh, on your ability, something's wrong. There is never a t Listen, church, there is never a time when the Spirit of God takes control and the Holy Spirit begins to manifest in a service, in a meeting, in any, in any maybe, in a, in a, maybe not just in a meeting, but just in any, in any setting, when the Spirit of God takes control and the Holy Ghost begins to manifest in my life, there is a very keen awareness of the fact that I am not functioning in my... When, if I get a word of wisdom, I know good and well I'm not functioning in my own natural wisdom. If I get a word of knowledge, if I know, if I know something... My, my, my. You're like Aaron Bird up here. <laughs> my, 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 my. <laughs> we, we can't bring it down. You know, you know what? You know the problem people have with tongues? Because since I was talking about tongues, people that speak in multiple languages, people who are multilingual, um, if we brought tongues out of the supernatural into the natural, then multilingual people, whether they're saved or not saved, could have the gift. You know, that's, that's, that's how many Baptist people, uh, there's, a, there's a guy that he's from here in Oklahoma, I think he may be, he, he's from around, maybe not Oklahoma, maybe, maybe from Louisiana or Arkansas, he's from, he's from the South. But he's a, he's a Baptist brother. But he makes, a, he makes a habit of going to charismatic services to expose charismatic preachers. 
He went to a ta- he went to ta- he has some kind of cerebral palsy or something, and so he he has a, he has a problem. But he'll go to healing meetings and he'll try to make his way onto the platform. And then when they give him the microphone to testify, he will get up and he'll say, "Healing is not for today. I wasn't healed. This person is a charlatan. They're not of God. God doesn't do these things today. And this this person does. This is this is it. You go on. You listen to him on YouTube." And what he, what he says about tongues is this. Tongues is not gibberish. Tongues is when you speak a, a language, a known language, like they did in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, when the day of Pentecost had come, those people spoke in a known language. Uh, they spoke in the language of the people that were there. But th- then he says this. He says, if this was a gift of of, of if these Pentecostal charismatic people really had a gift from God, they wouldn't be talking a bunch of gibberish. They'd be talking some known language. It would be something that people would be able to understand. Now, listen, if all we had in reference to tongues was what happened on the day of Pentecost, I would say you are absolutely positively correct. But when you go to Acts chapter, or 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and you read the very first verse that says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. So it's not just talking about the language of men. It's talking about a language of heaven. Are we really so stupid that we think that we are the only creation that God has ever created and that our languages are the only languages that have ever been spoken in all of the dominions, in all of the kingdoms, in all of the creations that God has created? You know, get, some people need to get over themselves. What we're speaking has never been and never will be gibberish. Amen. It may not be a language that anyone on this planet understands, but I'm telling you, according to Scripture, we're speaking the tongues of men, we're speaking the tongues of angels, and we're going to let it come out however it needs to come out, whenever, wherever, however. Oh, amen. You know what? When, when, when you got church people that will argue against tongues, and science has said that tongue-talking people affect their, their inner, their, their, their mind, their, their brains are work different when they talk in tongues. Amen. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Now you say, Pastor Zig, why are you spending so much time on these parts of this? Because we've got to understand, church, when you have a supernatural encounter, this is why the church is in such disarray. Because we're telling people they're having these supernatural encounters with God. We're, We're telling people, oh, Jesus, help me. I don't want to sound like I'm trying to be ugly and shoot shoot at people. I'm not. But when you tell people something like, Carolyn, give me your, give me something, your personal belongings, something. This Carolyn's phone. When when people will go to a service and say, now take someone's personal belongings. Now just take that in your in and just in your, you know, as you look at it, you know, just try to listen to what you're hearing in inside and just just let, you know, you know, these this is what people will do when they're telling people, teaching, teaching people how to get a word of knowledge. You don't teach nobody how to get a word of knowledge. It, it either comes from the Spirit or it don't come. Now, I know I'm going to be shooting some people's sacred cows here today, but you're just going to have to let them die. This is, listen, we are not mediums. 
We're not fortune tellers. We're not tarot card readers. We are not uh, uh, palm readers. We are not mentalists. That is not what is going on. These are spiritual things that are manifested by the Holy Ghost. If someone tells you to take someone's personal, you know, uh, property. Now, now listen, I could do that and be like, Carolyn, uh, you know, I'm just looking at this and, and um, I see creativity. I just see, I hear creativity and, and, um, and that minimalist. I see minimalist. Like you're minimal, you're, you're creative, but, but, you, but you, you don't carry around a lot of baggage. You're very, and in your life, you know, uh, you've, you've, you've cut the fat. You know, you don't, you, don't, you don't carry around a lot of baggage. You don't carry around a lot of, a lot of weight, you know, because I'm getting the feeling that this is light. And I hear the Lord saying that, you know, you don't carry a lot of stuff. That, that's, that's what people are doing. Some of y'all have been to these classes. Some of y'all have been through these seminars. We're going to teach you how to prophesy. You don't teach people how to prophesy. You get her under, you, you either get her under an anointing to prophesy or you, don't, or you don't prophesy. It either comes from the Spirit or it don't happen. That's why I'm spending time on this, church. Because we've got, to, we've got to get people back to understanding that how, how you get a word of knowledge is first, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. The anointing of God comes upon you. And all of a sudden, supernaturally, you become aware of something that was in the mind of God for that individual, for that church, for that city, for that region, for that state, for that nation, for, that, for the world. That all of a sudden, God shared a word of his insight supernaturally with you. It happens all the time when I'm up here. See, I, I get up here and preach, and I watch some of y'all squirm, and it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't but about two weeks later before I'm having a conversation with some of y'all about how, how you had a conversation with someone, and it was like I was sitting in the room. Did, did, did so-and-so talk to you about what I'm going through? Because based on your message last week, I'm pretty sure they talked to you. No, they didn't talk to me. That would be a word of knowledge. That would be the Holy Ghost. Oh, amen. Amen. Listen, I know some people are Facebook prophets. They just keep going through your Facebook page, and then when they see you, they just bring something up from your past statuses. I, I swear, it's like, it's like some people were dropped on their heads as, as babies, and they all ended up in church. Because they got, they got you, you do realize that some of these people on Facebook that are prophesying over people, you know, it don't take much. When you, when you show up on their feed, it don't take nothing for them to click on your name, go to your profile and say, you know, uh, Sheree, I have a word for you. You're an, I see you are an evangelist. How did he know? You popped up and he could click, click on your profile. Do I have to throw my glasses at somebody up in here? 
Now, I'm not saying that, that that's always what happens. Are there, are there people that legitimately get words of prophecy and words of knowledge and words of wisdom and some of them on Facebook? Some of them are. But is that really, the, listen, is that really the medium? And I'm not talking, is that really the medium that you, be, that you think is appropriate for that intimate kind of ministry? The Bible says prophecy ought to be judged. Does, does, does getting on Facebook leave room for the prophet or the prophecy to be judged? Absolutely not. In fact, if we were to judge it the way the Bible tells us to judge it, we would have to throw it all out because there were too many variables in there that were allowed, uh, that, that would be allowed for it to be a false prophecy. There was just too much there for us to be able to take and to grab it by faith. Why do you think most of the prophecies people get online are prophecies that they want to hear? Because some of them are based on what you are posting as your status. And these eyes are... I've, you know, I've never seen anyone get a prophecy online that says, you know what, the Lord says you need to log off of Facebook, you need to decommission your account, and you need to get back in church. These are spiritual gifts. Say spiritual gifts. Spiritual so the source is the Holy Ghost. Oh yeah. Boy, that's right. We want people talking out of their spirit, not out of their head. And unfortunately, this, this generation, we don't, I, I don't sound like I'm, I'm um, do I sound like I'm scolding y'all? I'm not scolding y'all. I'm not scolding uh, I'm not trying, that's not what I'm, I'm not, I, that's not in my heart right now. Uh, I have, I have scolded people. Y'all know when I'm scolded, Jim, you know, I've, cause I've gotten up and I've said, how dare you? <laughs> but, but anyway, there's so many people that are not only just trying to manufacture these gifts of the spirit, but there are people that are doing ministry, preaching and teaching that are out there, they're, they're functioning outside of the realm of the anointing and outside of the realm of the spirit. And because the church hasn't known any better, we let it happen and we fall under the influence of things that we believed were the spirit when in reality it wasn't the spirit at all. Some of it was just an emotional pull. It was something, you know, of that nature. And church, you have to guard yourself. I'm not saying be suspicious of everything, but listen, you, you have to... If, 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 someone, if someone really is gifted by the Spirit, if, if someone's carrying an anointing, you need to be able to hook up with people that are anointed in real life, not just in fantasy land. Go ahead, man. Praise God. So if we're, if we're talking about the gift of tongues or the supernatural gift that the Bible talks about, we're, we're talking about tongues enabling one to speak in languages that they've never learned, that were given by the Spirit, that were given by the Holy Ghost. So it stands to reason that if some of the nine gifts uh, are supernatural, then all of them are, are supernatural. Uh, therefore, the gift of the word of knowledge is not natural knowledge. It's supernatural knowledge. It is supernatural revelation of certain facts 
in the mind of God. Confusing that gift with natural knowledge. Some have said, we don't need some of these lesser gifts. We have the gift of knowledge. (laughs) The knowledge that they were bragging about was intellectual knowledge, which is not a gift. A knowledge they gained themselves apart from the Holy Ghost and apart from the Word of God. That's not what uh, the Scripture is talking about here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So, uh, let, let's, let's get into the gift of Word not. You, 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 uh, it's in the middle of the week. We're on, it's, it's hump day. Every Wednesday is hump day. Is that right? And so y'all are just getting over the, just getting over there. And, and uh, you still strong? Are you still with me? Still awake because if you're if you're sleeping, I don't want to go through any more of this. I'll, I'll turn you loose. I, it won't hurt my feelings any. All right, we're good. So, fifteen more minutes. So, <laughs> so the also the gift of the word of knowledge sometimes confused with profound knowledge of of the Bible. A minister once uh, told Brother Hagen that uh, the word of no- he had the word of knowledge because he studied the Bible so much and. Uh, it's certainly true God can help us to understand his word, but that's not a supernatural gift. The gift of the word and knowledge can, can work in connection with the Bible. However, for example, God does reveal things in connection with his word that we, that we didn't know. But if that were all there was to the word of knowledge, we wouldn't have to study because the word of knowledge is supernatural revelation by the Holy Ghost of certain facts in the mind of God but Paul told Timothy, study to show yourself approved. So we know that uh, we've got to study. We've got to uh, have profound knowledge of the Word of God uh, that we receive through studying the Word of God, prompted and helped by the Spirit to give us revelation of what we've read. And then the gift of the Word of knowledge is something altogether different. Um, so uh, the Word of knowledge... Uh, is not knowledge of God through close communion with him. So another mistaken idea that people have about the word of knowledge is that it comes through just walking closely with the Lord. One does gain a knowledge of God by walking with him, but that's different from supernatural impartation of a knowledge of the facts uh, of certain facts that are in the mind of God. In the Old Testament, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, verses 4 through 10. Uh, can you put that up there? Um, you can, well, let's, you know what, let's not, let's not read that. Just write it down because I've, I've took so long on some of this other stuff. Um, in the Old Testament, we read about Sam, uh, uh, how God spoke to Samuel when he was a young boy. Samuel was in the temple helping that old uh, prophet Eli. Uh, one night, Samuel heard uh, a voice calling his name, thinking it was Eli calling him. He got up from his bed and went to him. Eli told him he hadn't called him. So Samuel went back to bed. Just about the time Samuel gotten settled, he heard a voice saying, Samuel, Samuel. Again, he ran to Eli, and again, Eli sent him back to bed. Uh, when this was repeated for the third time, Eli realized that God uh, must be talking to the boy. And Eli told him to answer the next time the voice, when the voice called, uh, when, when God called to Samuel again, Samuel answered, speak for thy servant heareth. That's uh, uh, verse 10 of chapter three of first Samuel. Eli had been walking with God, but he hadn't been as faithful to God uh, in uh, rearing his children as he ought to have been. 
He knew about the things of God, of course, but he didn't hear God's voice that night. Samuel did. So we see that this kind of knowledge doesn't necessarily come by long-time experience walking with God. Here was a little boy who had no experience and hadn't walked with God at all uh, in the same way that Eli had, who was an old man. And that boy got a word from God, a, a supernatural word of knowledge from the Lord. And the old man heard nothing, even though he had walked with God for a long period of time prior to that. And maybe he wasn't right you know, at that moment, but you get, you get what I'm saying? So uh, it certainly helps to know God, but that's not how the word... Word and knowledge doesn't have nothing to do with how, how uh, close you are to God. It just has to do with what God wants you to know. Oh, yeah. What he's willing to share about what he knows. So let's, let's take a look at some biblical examples of the word of knowledge. Uh, Revelation chapter 1, verses 10 through 20. Read them when you get a chance. Uh, John at the Isle of Patmos was in the spirit, the Bible says, on the Lord's day as Jesus appeared to him in a vision. Here uh, we learn something about how this word of knowledge sometimes will come. Uh, as in this particular instance with uh, John the Apostle, the word of knowledge might come in a vision. Jesus revealed to John in a vision the condition of the seven churches in Asia Minor, as recorded in the book of Revelation. Although there is a prophetic message in that in that revelation for us, uh, in that book of Revelation for us today, those seven churches, and some people don't really realize this, those seven churches actually existed at the time in Asia Minor. John, exiled uh, to the Isle of Patmos, couldn't possibly have known what was going on in those cities or in those churches. But Jesus revealed to him their spiritual condition. That was a word of knowledge. He didn't have any way of knowing in the natural what was going on there. But by the Spirit, he spoke these things out. Is it okay that I'm not reading these verses? Listen, please read, the, read them when you, when you have an opportunity. But that is an example of the gift of the word of knowledge. Another example is Acts chapter 9. I'll, I'll read it to you. Acts chapter 9, verse 10. And there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. Uh, here the word of knowledge came to a layman. Someone who wasn't in ministry. He wasn't an apostle. He wasn't a prophet. He wasn't an evangelist. He wasn't a pastor. He wasn't a teacher. The Bible calls him a disciple. He was just a member of the church of Damascus. If the Lord wills, laymen as well as ministers can have the manifestation of the word of knowledge or any of the gifts of the Spirit. You don't have to have a special anointing or call to ministry or a ministry gift on your life to function in the gifts of the Spirit. Did y'all did y'all just hear me? Oh yeah. See, some of you, some of you think that the reason why that you don't function in the gifts of the Spirit is because you're not called to preach or you're not called to teach, you're not called to pastor, you're not called to be an evangelist. Well, here's a, here's a fellow by the name of Ananias who the Bible says was a disciple and God showed up, to, showed up in him, uh, Jesus showed up in a vision. God gave him a word of knowledge. He funked a vision. If you have a vision and it's from God, that is the gift of the word of knowledge. That is God sharing a, a, a fragment or a thought or a word of, of his insight and his mind with you. Isn't that awesome? Oh, yeah. Amen. So 
here's this disciple. So when, you know, when some people say, well, the gifts passed away with the apostles, because they assume, because of their, I guess, casual reading of the scripture, that the only, that the only way that gifts worked was through the apostles. But that's not true. Here's a disciple that God used in the gift of the word of knowledge. Uh, uh, verse 11, he says, Arise, go into the street, which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for what a, what a word of knowledge. What a word of knowledge. Arise, go into the street, which is called straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth, and hath seen in a vision. Saul also had a vision. A man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Oh, isn't that awesome? Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In a vision, the Lord told Ananias what to do. Arise, go into the street, which is called straight. Inquire in the house of Jews for, uh, for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Ananias couldn't have known in the natural, in a certain house, on a certain street, a certain man named Saul was praying. How could he have known that in the natural? Ananias couldn't have known uh, that Saul had had a vision himself in which he had seen a man called Ananias coming in, laying hands on him, that he might receive his sign. Ananias couldn't have known this in any other way than by supernatural revelation. He knew it by the word of knowledge, by the gift of the Spirit. Of course, God knew about everyone who was praying everywhere at that time. But he didn't give Ananias knowledge of everyone who was praying. He just gave Ananias knowledge about one man who was praying, Saul of Tarsus. That was uh, a supernatural revelation of a certain fact in the mind of God. It was the word of knowledge which came, which came to Ananias in a vision, uh, the word of knowledge, uh, the word of knowledge uh, that, uh, amen. I'm sorry, I got some running in on us. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. Amen. Uh, the word of knowledge that we've been that we've been talking about. Another example can be found in the uh, in the book of Acts, chapter ten. Peter was in the town of Joppa. Uh, Acts chapter ten. Uh, let's look at verse uh, from verse nine. We'll we'll get into. Uh, probably the, around the middle of verse nine, it says, Peter went up, are, are we still good? Peter went up upon a mountain or upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. In other words, around noon. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. Uh, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Well, what an unusual thing to see, huh? But Peter said, not so, Lord. <laughs> Imagine that. God's showing you a vision and you being like, oh, no, Lord. <laughs> I've, you'd think you wouldn't do it, but I've done it. Um, for I've never eaten any of th anything uh, that is common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time. Uh, what God hath cleansed, that call thou not common. Uh, this was done thrice. Uh, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, while Peter doubted in himself 
what the vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from uh, Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, look what it says, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Peter received a supernatural revelation, a word of knowledge. Behold, three men seek thee. Peter did not know there were three men who were seeking him. He had fallen into a trance and seen a vision of a sheet descending out of heaven. While Peter was thinking about what he had seen and what the vision meant, the Holy Spirit told him that there were three men seeking him. Uh, the, the men that were already standing uh, at the gate, Peter hadn't seen these men. Uh, he had no way of knowing that they were there except by the Spirit of God. So you, could, you can see uh, uh, how that uh, the gift of the word of knowledge works and uh, in the New Testament. Let me, let me tell you something. That's one of the gifts of the Spirit that I've seen work in my life um, oh, yeah. regularly. When I, when I give people personal prophecies, when I speak to people... Um, through personal prophecy. When I know things about people that I shouldn't know, glory to God. Have I ever told y'all anything that I shouldn't know? Have I ever spoken over y'all, told y'all something I shouldn't have known? See, that's, that's a word of knowledge. Now, that's not just reserved for the prophet. Those, those, those giftings can work in the life of any believer who is yielded to the Spirit, whom God wants to use in that manner at any given time. That means, how many of you it was impactful when the Lord used me to say something to you that way? How many of you was it life-changing? I mean, it was life-changing. All right, God can do the same thing through you. In fact, you ought to expect it. You ought to anticipate it. You ought to make yourself uh, available for it. You ought to put yourself in a position where, and you say, well, how do you do that, Pastor? Well, let me ask you a question. If I, oh, I should have brought a ball. If, if I had a ball and I threw it at you, now, if I threw it at you, I, I threw it at you quick and you, you didn't know I had it, you might get hit by it. You know what I'm saying? And you, but you're not going to catch it. But after a while, if I keep throwing that ball, imagine if every Wednesday night, to keep y'all awake, I would I, if if I saw one of y'all snoozing, you got hit with a with a Nerf ball, right? Yeah, it is kind of a good idea. There was one revival where I did that. I think it was Lawton. What did Lawton? People were falling asleep at Lawton, and finally they brought me these balls uh, to Lawton, and I had them on the pulpit, and someone would fall asleep, and I you know I throw at them. Just, just we were we were fooling. It, it became a a fun thing. But anyway, um, but you know at first. You may not be ready, but you know what? If we keep at it long enough, you're going you're gonna to come here and you're going to think, I ain't going to get hit tonight. I'm going to catch that ball tonight. In the same way, that's how, that's how we got to think of the gifts of the Spirit. You know what? We, we'll go out of here. Some of you will go out of here tonight, and tonight you've been provoked in your own spirit by the Holy Spirit. God has stirred you up because of what I've talked about here today. Uh, you, here, here's what you got to know. When you talk about these things, God stirs those things in your spirit, causes them to be, uh, uh, to percolate, to come to the surface of your own 
spirit of your own inner man. You know why? Because he wants to manifest these things. These things are his work. God wants to do these things. God wants to manifest himself in these ways. But what we'll do is we'll leave out of here and then we'll go and we'll binge watch, you know, uh, some series on Netflix or, and then we'll go through our whole day or whatever tomorrow. And we forget, we forget all about what, boy, you know, it was, did you go to church Wednesday? Yeah, I went Wednesday. Yeah, it was, boy, it was good. What'd you all talk about? Word of knowledge, man, it was really good. I, I really enjoyed it. But you know what? You come Sunday and you don't come Sunday ready to catch nothing. It's not, listen, it's not that the spirit don't want to do it. It's just that we come and we don't come ready. And so something might hit us and we might even be blessed. You might get hit by something, be like, whoo, shed it, whoo, and, and then you short circuit the anointing because God didn't just want to shout from you. He wanted to reveal some insight from his mind to you. But we, did, we didn't stop and say, yes, Lord. Like Samuel, just tell him, here I am, Lord. Speak to me. Tell me what you want to do. Now, you know what? Sometimes he may not say nothing. But at other times, he might say, go to the street called Straight. Find, inquire, you know, in that house of Saul of Tarsus and lay your hands on him. I'm going to heal him of his blindness. And then give him this word, you know. That's how I did it. I go to people's house. You know, I never went to nobody's house without expecting God to do something while I was there. That, that's the truth. If I went to visit somebody, if I went to somebody's house, if I went to somebody's house, I went there and I didn't go there just to talk with them people or to have a good... If I got invited for dinner, yeah, I was going to eat, you know. But when I went there, I went there expecting that the Lord was going to use me there. And that's why people wouldn't invite me back sometimes because, you know, I might have a word of knowledge. I might have a word of wisdom. I'm, there might be a, a manifestation of the spirit that would happen. I would literally go nowhere. If I went to your house, we were going to pray. Well, we didn't ask you to come pray. You didn't have to. I was going to pray if I went to your house. We was, we was going to eat, but we might have a word of knowledge and we might break out in, a, in some, some sort of, uh, in some sort of uh, uh, move of the spirit before we got, before we got done. Amen. One time uh, I went to, uh, um, I went, oh, it's okay. It's okay, Gabs. You'll be all right. She'll be all right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Someone keep an eye on Camilla while she, while she attends to the hurt one. <laughs> any questions about this? Anybody have any questions? I was going to share something, but I, I see we're past the time. So any questions? Yeah, Gil's got a question. That's okay. Um, just really fast. Remember what happened on Saturday at the men's meeting where I felt... Uh, yes! Um, I've been rocking my mind about it. What is that prophecy? Is that a word of knowledge? Is that... What am I supposed to, uh, how do I accept that? And what do I make of it so I can continue to that is a word. Of, that is a word of knowledge. What, what, what you, what you, well, it, it could be, it, remember I said these gifts work together? You had, you had a thought about that man that, wasn't, that didn't originate with you. In fact, that's what you said. The Lord, this is what the Lord thinks about you. 
if I, if I remember right, you said, God thinks this way, but that's a word of knowledge. God shared a word of his idea about that man with you. And the way that you conveyed that message was, could have been considered prophecy. Be, because prophecy, the gift, the simple gift of prophecy in, 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 the, in the context of those gifts is a word that is given for edification, exhortation, and comfort. The simple gift of prophecy has nothing with, to do with foretelling the future. It has to do with edifying. It has to do with uh, fortifying someone, uh, comforting someone, uh, exhorting someone. And that's what you did. You exhorted, you edified, you comforted that fella by sharing with him, not your thought about him because you didn't know him, but by sharing with him the mind of God. That was a manifestation of the spirit. Now, it, I know I, I was watching you and I was thinking, Kill's getting out there right now. That, but that's exactly how you got to do it. And here's the thing. You, you might say, man, I felt like it may have been kind of out of order. You know what? If no one told you it was out of order, you were fine. If no, if no one pulled you aside and said, hey, Gil, there's a better way to do that. There was no better way to do what you did. There was, there was opportunity. There was a moment. The floor was open because it was time to share. And in that moment to share, you were obedient to what God had put in your spirit by his spirit. That's how those things happen. And so I could tell that you had gotten caught up. It wasn't you. You knew it wasn't you. And so those words were not unique words, mysterious words, words that have never been heard before, but they were words that came out of the spirit. And because of that, Jesus was exalted. He was magnified and it, and it's, it, it, it did something in that fellow's life. Something clicked in his life. He needed that. When he walked in, you could tell he needed it. And when you spoke it out, when I looked back there at him, I was like, yeah, he needed that. He, he needed to know what God was thinking about him. And here's, here are you coming from Oklahoma City, don't know him from nobody, don't know what he's been through, don't know where he's come from, don't know uh, nothing about his past, and all of a sudden, you know, boom, Spirit of God come on you and tell you that? Forget it, brother. That was awesome. Praise it. Now, it may not seem like a deep thing to you, and that doesn't have to. Because when it's by the Spirit, the work that's done is a deep work. And God will, God will share, as, as you tune to hear what he's saying, he'll share more with you. Now, that, that's not to say that every time you get in the spirit, that's going to happen. That, that may happen every now and again, but it may be a gift that he regularly calls upon you to, to function in. You just have to follow the leading of the spirit. Don't, don't ever, uh, and, and now I'm going to call on you, Melody, but don't, don't ever make assumptions based on what happens one time. One time I was at a, a Rama, uh, Rama, uh winter Bible seminar, and there was a lady that, that was attending Rama who was trying to pattern her life after Catherine Coleman. So she would wear dresses to class. She was a student. She would wear these long dresses to class and glass shoes to class, and she would try to talk like Catherine Coleman, and she would try to pray like Catherine Coleman. She would try to sing like Catherine Coleman, and everybody just was annoyed by her. Well, Brother Hagen was up one night, and he was preaching, and this woman walked to the front of the, of the uh, uh, auditorium where everyone had been gathering. And 
Everyone that was a student was like, ooh, she about to get rebuked now. Brother Hagin ain't going to put up with this foolishness. But Brother Hagin looked at her, and when he looked at her, he said, all right, come here, and he gave her the microphone. And she began to prophesy. She began to declare what the Spirit of God was saying. The anointing fell. The Spirit of God fell. And the Lord worked through this strange woman. Now, here's the, here, here's the deal. Yes, she was strange. Yes, she, sh she, she shouldn't have been trying to mimic Catherine Kuhlman. But does that disqualify people from being used by the Spirit? No. But when someone's used by the Spirit, you will identify it, that it's the Spirit because the Spirit will be present and will bring freedom and liberty. It won't just be some yahoo getting up there and you being like, oh, you know, she's so cute. Then the next night, Brother Hagin's up there. She tries to come back again. He goes, sit down. You need to sit down. And she, she just looked at him, and the ushers came, and they helped her and sat her down. And he said, listen, just because the Lord moved one way one night doesn't mean he's going to move the same way the next night. Just because he used you one, day, one way one day doesn't mean you can expect him to use you the same way the next day. God uses people, and we saw that here, as the Spirit wills. As the Spirit. So you say, well, how about Benny Hinn? How is it that he gets up and he functions the same way every time he gets up? Because the Number one, because he's a ministry gift and God called him to a particular ministry. Second of all, whatever gift that God gave him to fulfill his ministry, God doesn't just manifest gifts, uh, that gift occasionally through Benny Hinn. God gave Benny Hinn that gift. For example, me. You know, some people say, yeah, okay, you get words of knowledge all the time. Why is that? Well, because I, I function in a ministry office that that gift works in. And when I was a teenager, God told me, I'm giving you the gift of the discerning of spirit. Now, I'm going to use you occasionally. I'm giving you the gift. And so if I get in the spirit, that gift functions regular. God, but here's the thing. God don't give everybody gifts like that. He'll use everybody in gifts like that and manifest himself through everybody like that in different, at different times. But he doesn't give everyone gifts and say, I gave this to you, now steward it. But if I get in the, man, we could be at Walmart. And I've done this. I've done it with, I used to do it with people that traveled with me because I'd tell them, uh, they, and they, there was always people that doubted. And I was just like, come, come, uh, let's get in the spirit right quick. And we get in the spirit and I might, I might call them out and tell them something. They're with me. I might point someone out in a restaurant and go over to them and, 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 and literally go to someone in a restaurant and give them a word of knowledge or give them, share with them a word of wisdom, something that the Lord told them. One time I was sitting in, the, in a, a Aloha garden. I was sitting with my pastor at the time. His name is Bill Coleman. And it was, a south side, it was on the south side over there, 240 in uh, May and in that shopping center and a, a Chinese buffet a Cantonese buffet. And we were there and uh, he, he, was, he was inquiring with me about the gift that God used me. And I was trying to explain it to him. And I said, well, God gave me this gift and I, 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 I would have trouble communicating it to him. And he said, when you say God gave it to you, he said, you know, the Bible, you know, when the Bible talks about spiritual gifts, it talks about that they manifest as he will. I said, yeah, but when you're called to a particular office, God will sometimes give certain people certain gifts. And those gifts he gave to them for them to use either for bad or for good. If, if God gave it to you, 
He never takes it back. That's why some people that are charlatans can function and in, in, in the gift of whatever gift God gave them. And they they're not living right, they're not doing right, but because God gave them a gift, they still func- they can still function in that gift. And they're not using it right, and they'll answer to God for that. But I said, I said, here, let me show you. I said, let's just, yeah, I said, let's take a minute, get in the spirit. He even know what getting in the spirit meant. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I said, well, I'm gonna get in the spirit here. Ah, Shaboye. I begin to pray in tongues. I didn't pray in tongues for 10 seconds before I opened up my eyes and there was a man. He's black. I'll never forget. He's a big, big man. He was a black man and he was sitting off to my left and he was sitting at a table by himself. The Lord told me, he said, that man is in sales, car sales. He said, that man there, he, he had a praying mother. His, mother. his mother, his mother's prayers are still working on his behalf. That man right there, because of the prayers of his mother, he, will, he, will, he, he has found grace in my sight. And, uh, and, and so I was like, I'm going to go tell him. And the Lord said, tell him. And when I got there, the Lord said, tell him, uh, tell him because his mother's been praying for him, he's successful. His mother's prayer. Because his mother prayed for him. He said, the Lord said, his mom is here with me now, and she's still calling out his name. His mom is here with me now, and she's still calling out his name. So I walked up to him. I said, sir, I said, I don't know you, but me and my pastor, we're here. We're ministers. And, and um, I said, while I was over there praying, I said, you just lit up. And the, and the Spirit of the Lord came on me and told me that uh, you're in sales, that you sell cars. I said, is that right? He said, yes. I said, um, I said you've had success in, in what you do for a living, and you've had success in life. And the Lord told me to tell you the only reason that has happened is because your mother was a praying woman. Tears began to stream down his face. I said, your mother lifted you up in prayer to ensure that the favor and the grace of God was upon you. I said, sir, her prayers are still working for you. you I said, Jesus is, Jesus is after you. He wants your life completely. I said, I know you're not serving him with all of your heart now, but Jesus is on your tail. You need to, sur- you need to surrender to the Lord. I said, you know what the Lord told me? The Lord told me this. He said, your mama's there with him now, and she's still hollering out your name. He goes, my God. I said, I said, your mother, she's gone to be with the Lord. He said, yes, she went to be with the Lord last year. He's like, man, you messed me up. I said, God's spirit is trying to work on you. He's, he's working. He's working. Oh, yeah. Listen, church, we, there's so much we hadn't tapped into. Now, again, here's the thing. These are by the spirit. Now, you, that, these stories like these will make you want to go out and, oh, yeah, man, I'm just going to go pray. I feel like the Lord tell me this about you. People be like, you're crazy. Back off. That's why you got to wait on the Holy Ghost. Right. Melody, you had, you had something real quick? Okay, it's categories of gifts are, the three categories are revelation gifts. And the revelation gifts are the word of knowledge, or word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and a discerning of spirits, the power gifts, which are the gifts of gift of faith, gifts of healing, or the gift of working miracles, gifts of healing, and then uh, the uh, uh, vocal gifts, or the utterance gifts, or the spoken gifts, which is uh, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy, or prophecy, tongues, and interpretation. Um, so, 
That was the gift that he said he gave to me, yes. The discerning of spirits was the only gift given to you for your ministry, but that hasn't that gift worked as he used you in each gift in each season that you were in? Like yeah. when you were in the healing ministry, when you were in the Holy Ghost ministry, and then as you're in the prophecy, yes, it works for all of those different... You're right. Yeah. So it didn't matter. What that was, I was, I was putting it together and you answered it. I was like, okay. Cause he didn't give you those others, but <laughs> once you get in the spirit and you've, and you've been used in the others, you can really kind of tap back into that. Yes. But what stops you is yielding to the Holy spirit. Yes. So you get, you got that right. The, the way that, the way that the spirit, um, so God gave me a gift, the gift of the discerning of spirits. Now, remember how I said in each category, um, if you function in one, you're probably going to, you know, function. They're, they're all related, and so they will usually work together. So discerning of spirits, word of knowledge, and word of wisdom. When I was an evangelist, I functioned in the gift of word of knowledge. Uh, because of the, the discerning of, the gift of the discerning of spirits, it worked in me. So I would see people, they would start to glow or whatever, or I would get a pain. I would feel a pain in my body that I knew wasn't mine, and it was accentuated with the touch of God. Here's, here's what you have to understand. Not every pain that you feel that is not yours is a word of knowledge. You have to understand that when I would feel pain for somebody else, it would be surrounded with the, the, the anointing. I, I knew I knew the difference between a pain and a word of knowledge because it was they they're very different. One of them, or, or, the origin of one was um, uh, the flesh, and the origin of the other was the spirit. So one time I was in a, <laughs> at an Easter cantata, and I all of a sudden felt like I had the breasts of a woman. And I felt lumps in those breasts that I felt that weren't there. I knew that was the Holy Spirit because, I, number one, I was skinny. I didn't have no man boobs then. And, 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 and I, I certainly didn't have any kind of, you know what I'm saying? So I hope that was okay for me to say that. But anyway, <laughs> but um, so I got up and I gave that word of knowledge. And, and a woman came forward and received her healing. Because now, see, that was a word of knowledge that resulted in healing. Isn't that crazy? It resulted in a miraculous healing in this woman's body. So what Sheree is saying is that, that even though the gift of discerning of spirits is a revelatory gift, uh, when I was an evangelist, and many times evangelists have healings and miracles and demonstrations like that happen through their ministry, that gift still worked to produce some of these other things because that was the gift that God gave me. That was the gift that he had put in me. It would just function in a different manner uh, where I was at at different times. So when I got over and was in that, uh, left that in uh, evangelistic ministry and, and, and went on to, into other offices, uh, that, that gift still remains and works to fulfill God's purpose in that particular office. Um, if I get in the spirit anytime, that gift of the discerning of spirits will function. And honestly, I can, I can tell anybody, it's weird. I can tell anybody anything. The reason I don't is because that's not the will of God all the time. And so usually if I'm at lunch with people, I'm not, I'm not 
picking around for stuff, you know, at the restaurant. If I go to your house, I'm, I'm, I'm picking around for stuff. And some people don't like me, you know, want me at their house. They're like, eh, you know, pastor, we love you. We'll see you on Sunday, <laughs> which is cool with me. You understand? But there ought to be, there ought to be that. There ought to be that. Y'all, y'all ought to know that it, were, it works in my house at my, with my children. You hear what I said? With my wife. One, t- one time, when, before there was call, what do they call that? Caller ID? The Spirit of the Lord came on me at a restaurant. I turned my phone off because they didn't have where you could just turn it down, ring her down in the early days. I turned my phone off because I, I was with a, some pastors and Spirit, Spirit of God said, turn your phone on. And he's about to call you. I reached down. I reached down. I remember when I reached down, um, everyone's attention was on me because I was doing something that, you know, I was under the table and I reached down and I punched the power button on my phone and it booted up and I sat it on the table and it was weird. Everybody's watching me and they're still talking and chatting, but they're watching me. I turned the phone, I put it there on the table. As soon as it booted up, I was like, hey baby, what's up? She, she responded, how do you know it was me? And I was like, well, I, I, the Lord told me you was going to call. She didn't used to believe that. Did you, babe? <laughs> it's, it's hard for people to, 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 to get a hold of that. And it's not a brag. I'm not, I'm not bragging. It's not me. I, if it was me, you know, uh, be a different story. You know, then I'd, I'd probably use it for everything. You know, if I'm buying a car, I'd be like, you know, Lord tells me, you know, if I'm getting a ticket, I'd use it to get out of it. Can you imagine a cop rolling up on you and you giving him some, you know, functioning gift of discerning the spirits, give him a word of knowledge, a word of wisdom, tell him something crazy? You know, he might be crying, wiping tears, you know, go on, just slow down. That's not, but that's not how we... We're not going to do that. We're going to obey the Lord. But anyhow, is that it? Praise Jesus. Yep. Yeah, if you, if you, never, if you never develop the, uh, uh, the, um, what you need to develop to yield to that gift, because you have to develop something to yield to that gift. There's, some, there's something that has to develop in you. There's something that you have to learn uh, how to yield to. And that's where most people, they're not, they're not disciplined enough to go through the process of learning how to yield themselves to whatever gift God wants to manifest through them. But he'll use every one of you. There's not, that, look, look at me, y'all. There's not a one of you here that can't function in some measure in one or more of these manifestations of the Spirit. In fact, it ought to happen regularly in every one of your lives. Not by your power, not by your, but by the Spirit. So you say, well, why is it that it doesn't seem to happen regularly, regularly with me? Well, because you're not doing what, what it takes to yield to it, to recognize it. That's all. But if you would, I mean, if you just quit trying to manufacture it and do what it took to make it really happen, it'd be awesome. But instead, people are satisfied with woo-woo, with fluff, with stuff that don't, that don't change nothing. And... Here we have the power to change the world. And we're willing to roll around on the floor at church and holler and 
act crazy, and then leave that building and never have an impact. Take pictures of orbs and call it angels, and it never have an impact. Praise the Lord. Amen. I was going to say something else, but I'm going to leave it. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. All right, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. I sense your anointing here, Lord, and I pray, God, that you'll continue to pour out of your spirit upon each one, God, that's here today. Oh, Lord, you're good. You're so good to us. We thank you, Father, for the privilege that we have to be able to hear these truths and to obey them. Father, we just pray that uh, the anointing will be stirred up continually in the hearts of your people, and as a result, God, we'll function and flow in the Holy Ghost, uh, Lord, in a greater measure than any generation ever has, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Everybody that believed it said amen. 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 All right. Praise the Lord. I love you. I'll see you guys here Sunday. 